Hate crimes create a protected class. It gives privileges to certain groups of people. It creates a victim mentality. We have laws already for crimes. Why do we need ones for what goes on inside someone's brain? What are we, the thought police? All arguments I used to view as valid growing up. Sadly, the language of hate crimes does itself a bit of disservice in some cases, as they literally use the term protected class for targets of hate crimes. Minority and LGBT plus are usually the people listed as targets of hate crimes, and now religious minorities such as Islam. But why? Are the laws meant to be a thought police? Well, no. Hate crimes exist because it's not about the emotions or beliefs of the criminal. It's the intent of the crime. The intent of that crime is to send a message. A message of fear and making those people curb their behavior, causing them to restrict their own freedoms for you. In a sense, hate crimes are about terrorism. Having a belief in Salafistic Islam so long as you don't hurt others is not a crime. Killing someone who is not of your religion is a crime, but it's not a hate crime. Killing someone with ties to a group who has a history of killing a particular group of people to a certain amount so that they adjust their behavior now is considered terrorism, which is in no way different from a hate crime. Yes, white Americans can be victims of hate crimes, we just call them terrorists. Bin Laden created fear and terror and we took the bait and wasted $6 trillion and had many of our freedoms curbed, increasing our police state and creating security theater that actually doesn't do anything but costs us a ton of time and headache, and not to mention all the lives lost in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars and our soft power completely decimated. After 9-11, we could have done what many nations did, just heightened security, some in specific areas focused on behavioral profiling like they do in all other nations and not racial or religious profiling, and we would all have a lot more tax money, be safer, have a ton more political goodwill around the world, and we would have locked up terrorists convicted in our courts of crimes instead of detaining suspects indefinitely in Guantanamo and Abu Ghraib after torturing them until they confessed to crimes they probably didn't even do. The point of terrorism is to alter someone's behavior and restrict their freedoms by scaring them into changing their habits. Under Jim Crow, whites systematically used terror on blacks to discourage them from voting, participating in jury duty, going to better schools, living in a better area that would give them more opportunities, engaging in free speech and freedom of assembly and the press, and marrying who they wanted and even being too successful. The state in many cases didn't need to enforce unconstitutional laws. Individual hate groups did that. The mafia or a dictatorship often doesn't have to break everyone's knees, kill them all, or send them all to the gulag. They just have to do it to a critical fraction of the population, and people will alter their own behavior. A common claim about Pinochet's Chile is that most of the people did very well and never suffered persecution. That was also true about Nazi Germany until the war began to turn sour, as well as modern China and Russia. So long as you don't speak up, use your rights you supposedly have in words only, keep your head down, and are lucky enough not to be unfortunate enough to be between the corrupt government and their ambitions, you'll do pretty well. If you dare actually use your rights, that's when you face the full wrath of the government terrorism. Hate crimes are no different. Fear of force should only exist for laws that equally impact everyone, including those in power. When rule of law no longer exists, a state can then use terrorism, either violent or financial, and cause you to forego your rights, giving them even more rights. 
LGBT plus people have a long pattern of being killed or brutalized so that they don't act on their attraction or feeling or at best stay in the closet. They don't ever work to try and get the rights that they are supposed to have, but don't exercise out of fear. Muslims in America now have a pattern of being killed in the U.S. to make them victims of hate crime and terrorism as a retaliation for people of a small subset of an extreme but rich branch of their religion having perpetrated terrorism or a hate crime on us all. Abortion clinic doctors were killed and clinic workers intimidated for practicing their legal rights. That, too, is terrorism. Hate crimes should be called crimes of terrorism, an attempt to perpetuate the experience of fear with decades of precedent. And instead of being called a protected class, they should be called terrorist targets. Hate crimes aren't about what you believe. Hate crimes aren't just about what you did. They're an objective pattern of crimes that are meant to create fear in a group and pressure them to give up some or all of their rights themselves out of fear of losing their lives. After that point, all the pretty sounding words in the Constitution mean nothing. In some cases, domestic violence and sexual assault should be classified as hate crimes. A codependent relationship is terrorism, but just on that one person. But as so many people in power have these kind of attacks on their records, including current cops, with 11% and 40% of all who have been cops in the recent years have a domestic abuse record, and it's going to take a lot of time. We don't have hate crimes to give special privileges or create victim mentality. Terrorism is the attempt to create a victim mentality. Believe me, they would prefer not to be part of that protected class, though they might be just as likely, with the privilege of not being in that class, to also believe that hate crimes are just there to give special privileges instead of to kill a pattern of terrorism. So thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. I'm sure there was nothing controversial about this and everyone will happily get along in the comments section, which you can do on the YouTube version of this video or my Facebook page, After School Democracy. Link in the show notes. Just a reminder that I'm Anubis2814 on YouTube and I have over 500 videos on different topics that I've made over the past 10 years. Please subscribe and if your podcast site has the option, give me a like or review. If you think what I have to say informed you, consider supporting my Patreon. I'll be doing this podcast weekly and try to get it out on the same day, so I hope to see you here next week, ready to be filled with new ideas. Take care. A big thank you goes out to Elias Garcia Guevara and Joe Taylor, who sponsor the show at $10 a month at the Wapawet level on Patreon. Please consider donating as well if you can, and thank you all for listening.